All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome to Daily Faceoff Live. It's November, November 1st. Hope you had a great Halloween. We're streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, as well as, of course, dailyfaceoff.com. He's Stephen Ellis. Stephen, how was your Halloween? Quiet, and I can't complain. I live in a condo building, so we don't exactly get uh, trick-or-treaters. Do, like, do they pass around a list saying, like, oh, please knock on my door? Like, or would you say yes? I think I would, but that would require me to go buy candy, and I just completely forgot it was Halloween until about 7.30 last night. I see some kids dress as Spider-Man down the road. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what that is. One of those guys just lives in your own world, in your own bubble. I love it. Uh Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and let's talk about a scary good night for Tage Thompson. A six-point night, three goals, three assists as the Buffalo Sabres double up the Detroit Red Wings on Monday evening. And when you look at the $50 million man in Tage Thompson who got half of his season's point total of 12 now in one game with the Buffalo Sabres, where do you come out on Tage Thompson being a star in this league? Is he there yet? Has he reached that point after a 38-goal season? I think I needed to see a little bit more. Last night was a step in the right direction, but I don't know if I'm quite there yet. What say you? I'm with you. The, the fact is he got six points in one game. Fantastic, unbelievable, but that's still half his point total. Um, this is a guy that, when you look at how good he was last year, um, you could say, okay, well, he got a lot of points, but he got out on a team that wasn't very competitive. Now when this team starts to play a bit more meaningful games as they continue to be more competitive, can he 
take his game up another launch. And I think he's doing a fantastic job this year. He's definitely a star on the Sabres. I don't think he's necessarily a star in this league yet, but if he hits 70 points again or 75 more than that, that's a good sign. This is a guy who's flying high right now. I believe he's, what, like nine points in his last two games. It's unbelievable. He's determined. He's so much fun to watch. He's got the size. This is the guy that we expected when he turned pro. When he struggled a bit in St. Louis, it was a bit of a, sh a shock. I think people thought he'd be a bit better. He's now found his groove. He's, he's comfortable, and he's a leader on this team. Well, you can see why it's a worthy bet for the Sabres, right? Like, they, they get ahead of it. A guy making, I think, $1.4 or $1.6 million this year. It's a huge raise to get him north of seven uh, on that $50 million deal. But when you look at it and the production last year, if he gets anywhere close to that 70-point range, you've got a, a really solid player for the next number of years, seven years now because the contract didn't even begin especially at a time when the cap is going to be going up in a big way. So you can understand why the Sabres made that bet. I want to ask you quickly, are you concerned about the Detroit Red Wings? I, I didn't have much hopes for this team. And when they sent Simon Edmondson down to the AHL to start the year, I kind of thought, okay, they're still going to be patient here. Um, I'm not too worried. This is, again, a team I expected bottom five. Uh, not the result you want against a team that you definitely could compete against. Um, but, uh, yeah, this team's still far away from being competitive. So I, I feel like this was not a loss you want, but this is kind of the start we'd expect. It's interesting because I, when I looked at it on paper, and, again, just one game, heading into the season, I thought Detroit was a much stronger team than the Buffalo Sabres heading into the year. And Buffalo's just been really competitive, especially under Don Granato, and they work. They clearly have some buy-in, and, and with the younger players that they have there, um, they're in a spot to really make some noise in the Atlantic, which was something that I didn't necessarily see coming. I thought they'd be a bit below Ottawa and Detroit in the pecking order in the Atlantic. Let's talk about another team, though, that is on a bit of a slide. That's the St. Louis Blues, and you see some alarming comments coming from their team after their loss. They started 3-0 and this season, and they've certainly hit a rut when you consider where they stand at this exact moment. Three and five, five consecutive losses, all in regulation for the St. Louis Blues. And Braden Chen was saying after the game, you know, I don't think I've experienced anything like this since I joined the St. Louis Blues. I guess in parentheses there, he has seen a bit of it in his previous stop with the Philadelphia Flyers, but to this point... Unexpected. They need to find a way to dig out. So on a scale of 1 to 10, what's your level of concern for the St. Louis Blues? I'm going at a, a 5. I think it's still, like, again, we're 8 games in the season for the St. Louis Blues, but uh, it, it's still very tight. I think it's, there's five, six points between them and first place. Um, you don't want to start off this slowly. We saw that the New York Islanders last year. They spent the whole season chasing. But I think the good thing is, you know, Colorado hasn't been perfect by any means. Minnesota hasn't been perfect by any means. So some of the teams that they're chasing, they do have an opportunity to catch up to. I'm not expecting Chicago to kind of stay up there. So eventually things I think will even out a little bit. Uh, and maybe if, if Ottinger's out for a little longer than a couple of days, maybe Dallas starts to struggle with Scott Wedgwood and, and Matt Murray and Nett. So we'll have to see there but um this team is i think too skilled to kind of fall in the way they are they don't look like they're as competitive as they can be it doesn't seem like they're working as hard as we know they can be this is a roster that you know there, there's been obviously some turnover since they won the cup but they still got that core together and that core is still looking strong you need a bit more from some of your guys there uh jordan Cairo has only got three goals i think that's a guy you need to step up a bit more offensively um things like that but uh and jordan bennington just like man it's either hot or cold with him and that was kind of what we've seen this year obviously you can't win games when your team scores just one goal or even just two goals in a lot of cases but uh this is just a group that just isn't working right now 
I still think it's too early to be too concerned, though. I'm going to give it a 7 on the 1 to 10 scale and throw that stack pack back up there again for the St. Louis Blues, Alex. When you look at it, what, who's one guy missing from that list? Ryan O'Reilly, one point in eight games to this point. I wondered heading into the year, and again, have no idea whether there's a correlating effect or not. Not everyone handles contract years the same. Not everyone goes into it and smashes it like Johnny Gaudreau did. And the other part is really the bigger reason as to why you're, I'm at a 7 is Bennington. You hit on him a little bit, but how would he be able to get back to carrying the ball for this team? Would he be able to get back to carrying the ball for this team? Because it was Vili Husso mostly down the stretch last year for the St. Louis Blues. He's gone. He's in Detroit. And now Bennington, certainly his numbers have struggled a bit. Um, and, you know, sub 900 save percentage, if you're at 882 for any stretch of time during the season, you're going to be piling up some L's. So in this case, um, you know, I think when you look at it, the St. Louis Blues certainly give up a lot. They need to buckle down defensively and be a bit better in front of Bennington as well. Um, you know, when you move forward here, Stephen, and, and you take a look at the Washington Capitals, not to be an alarmist, but another cause for concern is this team and where they're at in the standings with their start to the season. But it's a lot of it's focused on the Caps and their injury injury list. You look at their man games lost due to injury at this point. They're going to hit 100 games in short order, and we're only into the third week of the season. Backstrom's out. A lot of these guys are long-term. Backstrom, Wilson, Oshie, Haglin, Connor Brown. John Carlson's the only guy on this list that's day-to-day. That's a huge chunk of this team's skill and, and depth to take out at any one time. How do they survive this? How do they hang on in the Metro? And they've been missing a lot of those guys kind of from the start, and they're still, what, two points behind Carolina in the Metro? The, the, the issue is it can't get worse than this. It can't, it can't be Carlson out longer than day-to-day, and we don't expect that to be the case. They can't add another injury. We can't see Kuznetsov get hurt. We can't see Ovechkin go get hurt. So this is some, a team that's really kind of – they got to be careful here. Um, it's kind of like when you look at Pittsburgh the last couple of years, that's a team that continues to fight injuries year after year, whether it be Crosby, whether it be Malcolm, whether it be Latang, no matter what, it seems like always one star is hurt. They're, they're avoiding that right now, but they've made it work. And I think Washington still has enough talent there to make it work. Uh, I think Darcy Kemper could still hold the reins. Uh, as long as Kuznetsov and Ovechkin are healthy, you're good. Losing Carlson is a huge loss because he's been playing so good this year, but Again, the fact that they got to this point where they're still only two points out of the division lead without Backstrom, without Wilson, uh, guys like that, like that's that shows that this team's got depth. You just need someone to step up in this in this thing. And the problem with why Carlson to me kind of stands out as an issue, uh, even if it is short term, the defense is not great, and you don't have guys who can kind of step up. I think offensively you can, even in net. I think they got some good goalie depth. But when you take out Carlson and you don't have a guy kind of filling in and being a proper replacement. That hurts. So I'm not too worried yet. Again, we're still talking very early here, and they've done very well with a team that is been hurt with some key players. But I do think that you need Carlson to stay healthy at this point. I'm with you. I think I'm a little bit more concerned than you are. I think you take a look at the 5-4-1 and one record, and you say, okay, they've done a pretty good job surviving and where they're at at this point. But I look at it and I say, watching the game specifically, this team seems like it's lost a lot of juice. And they're relying a lot on effort to get to that point. And they've they've had it. They've brought it. And they still have some really valuable pieces, of course. But as the year drags on, you know, you're going to have peaks and valleys when it comes to that. And I just, I don't know. I'm not certain. I'm not sold that the Washington Capitals at this point are a playoff team, given the way they've started. So 
I think they have some question marks to resolve for sure in the nation's capital. Um, let's talk about projected World Cup rosters. Feels early, I know. We don't even have an official tournament yet in the 2024 World Cup of Hockey, but our roster projection series started today on dailyfaceoff.com. Myself and Matt Larkin each put together a Team Canada. Next week, we'll drop a Team USA, and then we'll go through the various countries. Not sure if Russia's going to be participating. Not sure if this tournament's even going to go. But it's always fun to look at stuff like this, Stephen. And we're going to throw my Team Canada roster projection up there. I want you to poke some holes in this. Who have I left off that would definitely be on your Team Canada? Well, uh, first off, I'm, the, the goaltending is a little scary. Um, and I think, you know, we, we talked a bit before the show. It's like, oh, that's that's not the greatest goaltending situation here. Um, I, I looked at Matt Larkin's roster, and I can tell you, your roster is a lot stronger, uh, especially with uh, Nazem Kadri being there. Um, I, like the I, I guess there would be the what? I like the sounds of this. Yeah. My roster yeah. is stronger. Uh, honestly, there, there's not a lot of weaknesses in this thing. This is a team where you could take out – you could probably go out there and be competitive and just take Sidney Crosby out. Like, yeah, we're, we got enough depth. We could throw in John Tavares. You could throw in um, someone like that. It's it's tough to say no to. Like, I'd say maybe on defense, it would be like you you can make an argument for Brent Burns or Morgan Riley, but I also don't know if they really add anything that guys like Makar and Theodore and Ekblad already not. So. Uh, I still think my third goalie choice is going to be Logan Thompson. I know a lot of people suggest uh, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, Darcy Kemper, even Stuart Skinner. I'd be going Logan Thompson there. But uh, I'd say, you know, I, this roster just looks like a gold medal contender 100%. I mean, Team Canada is almost always in the mix. Yeah. And you're right, Stuart Skinner was the third goalie that I have on my roster. And Brent Burns, Petrangelo, and Morgan Riley were my first cuts on D. Um I took a little bit of a different approach than Matt, and you can read the full story on dailyfaceoff.com. And the reason for that was he looked more, I think, at chemistry and fit. And I looked more at um, really trying to check a lot of the positional boxes when it comes to archetype rankings and fit. That's one of the great things about this archetype rankings project that we did on the website the last few weeks. It's the best tool possible, I think, to try and build your team. So you've got the franchise players there and McDavid and McKinnon and McCarr. Um, and in your, you're in a spot where, um, you know, you've got your distributors with Huberto and, and you've got your pure shooter with Stamkos and you've got your clutch players. Um, but you've also got your net front score. Tavares was the 13th forward for me. And you've got your power forwards in Kadri and Marshan. Like, you try and check a lot of those boxes when you're putting your team together that it's it's hungry, it's skilled, it's competitive, it's all those things. It's not just a collection of all-stars, which is kind of the point. And maybe the toughest exercise if you're, let's say, Doug Armstrong and you're tapped to build this team, Canada, it's, it's not just a skills competition. Yeah, and there's a, there's a few guys you can make an argument for, Mark Stone, Mitch Marner, uh, guys like that and maybe a Petrangelo on defense but who do you take out and I, I do feel like this is a team that fits well you've got you get the, the high scoring defensemen with the more the guys who could play shutdown roles and be better defensively you've got the offensive guys where they're not going to lose a ton of faceoffs uh that's for sure uh but yeah there's there's nothing really that would say like you need to take some guy out maybe if Ryan O'Reilly ends up not becoming if, if he starts to fall off a little bit I don't think we're going to see that Slow start to this year. It's too early. But, uh, yeah, there's nothing really I'd say from that roster I'd take out. It fits well, and you, you don't need a super all-star roster if you're Team Canada. You know what you've got. You saw Owen Power on the roster. There's a bit of projecting 16 months out now that goes into it. Uh, 
power, of course, the 2021 number one pick. Let's talk next wave and some other guys coming down the pipe. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That's right. This is the next wave with Stephen Ellis, our prospect analyst at dailyfaceoff.com, delivered by DoorDash. Um, so, Stephen, when you take a look at different and varying prospect lists, one of my favorite exercises at any point in the season is the best prospects not playing currently in the NHL. When you take a look at Luke Hughes, is he does he fit that category? Is he the best prospect not currently playing in the NHL? Seems like there's a pretty good argument there. There is. Uh, I put an article out last month looking at some of the top prospects uh, in the league, and I believe, yeah, Luke Hughes is the highest of all the guys that are not currently NHL players. This is a guy that you look at the World Junior Championship, and that was a good kind of springboard. He finished that tournament hurt, but he played so dominantly. He could control the puck. He can go 2A. Um, he could play a shutdown role. He could play penalty kill, power play. He could do everything like that. He is a perfect modern day defenseman. And I think I got to see him play a lot at the U15, U16 level. And I thought there was more NHL level skill at that age than what we saw out of his brother, Quinn Hughes. And we got to see both of them uh, at the same time. Um, this is, you know, defensemen might, are not always the sexy number one top prospect pick because, you know, they're not out there going in and get a ton of points, but he's doing that. He's got eight points in eight games. This is a different look. University of Michigan team where he doesn't have Owen Power and Matty Beniers to work with Kent Johnson every single night. Uh, they still have Adam Fantilli, but the fact is Luke Hughes is the one driving a lot of those opportunities this year for Michigan. He was a, a finalist for the Hobie Baker last year. I think he might be the favorite to win it this year. Uh, and the way he's playing, you got to love uh, that if you're a New Jersey Devils fan. Yeah, and pretty awesome to see the work that his brother Jack has done for the Devils already to this point. To plug him into that has to be super exciting for Tom Fitzgerald, the GM who was on our DFO Rundown podcast yesterday as we did a deep dive on the Devils. So from one prospect with the initials LH to another in Lane Hudson, 62nd pick in 2022 by the Montreal Canadiens. He's just five foot eight, but at this point, 
that hasn't slowed him down at all at the college level. What do you see from Lane Hudson and do the Canadians have the real deal on their hands? From a pure skill perspective, I thought he was a top five defenseman in last year's draft, but yeah, he is five foot eight. Uh, we saw it with the U.S. national development team where when he was on the ice, he was generating opportunities that felt like every single shift. And, uh, you know, that he puts up points and we see that he's been challenging for the top scoring role all, all year in Boston um, in the NCAA. Um, he was he would not have been picked 62nd overall if he wasn't five foot. Eight. If he was five eleven or even six foot, we're talking about a guy who had the full skill package to maybe be top 15. Um Obviously not very physical, um, but he's he's very, very undersized compared to most prospects at this point. Um, but he moves the puck well, he skates really well, uh, and he just knows how to jump on the offensive uh, bandwagon. You know, he's he was playing power play on the U.S. U18 team as an underage player, which is pretty rare to see uh, where they try to give the opportunities to the best players. But that was awarded because Luke Hughes was hurt. And you put Lane Hudson in that role, and he did just as good of a job. So Montreal's got a gem on his on their hands. And we know the Canadians historically are not too concerned about size when it comes to their, some of their players. And as long as they're willing to roll with them, I think he's going to be a guy who could get 40, 50 points a season in the NHL. Lane Hudson, a player to watch for sure. Last week, we talked a little bit further down the next week. We talked about Michael Misa and his incredible play in the OHL to this point, but Macklin Celebrini, another guy tearing up the USHL as a 16-year-old with a goal per game pace through nine games. Where do you project him going in 2024? What kind of buzz is Celebrini creating for himself? Right now for 2024, it's Finnish defenseman Aaron Kiviaryu is looking like the top prospect, but oh, Celebrini is playing way above, I think, what a lot of people expected him to do this year, and we expected big things out of him. Uh, if you don't know the Chicago Steel, the USHL, they're kind of like a powerhouse team that could probably go out there and and maybe beat against uh, some OHL teams pretty competitively, but uh, I'd say that this is a guy that um, can play with anybody in the lineup. He knows where to go in front of the net. It's like you look at his his nine or ten goals this year, and it's like the goals aren't similar. It's like every time he's doing something different, whether it's a long-range shot, a slap shot, in close, he's got the hands that you want to see from a top prospect. Um, there's some similarities between guys like Patrick Kane and Austin Matthews at this point in the development. I know those are star players, but we're talking about a superstar Maybe not superstar, but we're talking about a future star in Macklin Celebrini. The 2024 draft maybe isn't as strong as what the 2023 is looking like uh, with guys like Bedard and Fantilli and Michikoff. But uh, Celebrini is going to be a guy that 50 goals in the NHL to me feels like a very realistic goal. And he knows how to shoot. Uh, can shoot from anywhere, like I said. And his defensive game is definitely more improved from what we saw uh, in previous years or previous levels. So uh, get excited about Macklin Celebrini. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to talk 2024 and 2025 NHL drafts. Like, it's amazing to think how far away it is, but really not so much in the prospect and scouting world. This has been the next wave with Stephen Ellis, delivered by DoorDash. You see the promo code there at the bottom of your screen. Game day 25 gets you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with DoorDash. All your favorites and more delivered right to your door by DoorDash. All right, Stephen, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Adidas has launched the fictional Mighty Ducks jerseys, so they've got the jerseys from the movie. Uh, they've also got the Hawks in there as well, which you love to see. Uh, lots of details here in their partnership with Disney. What is your favorite fictional jersey of all time? 
So I would say the Mighty Ducks jersey, but that's maybe a little too easy. I'm going to go with um, the Halifax Highlanders jersey from uh, uh, Goon. I think Goon 2 is an extremely underrated uh, hockey movie. Uh, I know it's when you look at Mighty Ducks, Miracle, Slapshot. To me, I think Goon 2 has got a really good storyline of like what it means to players that play this tough role and get concussed and what it could do to their lives uh, and how, how deep of an impact that can have. I think that part's missed, but the jerseys in there are awesome. I really want a Doug Glatt 69 jersey. It looks awesome. Uh, the colors are great. Uh, I feel like we need a bit more orange uh, in hockey. Um, I, I always seem to be on orange teams growing up. Uh, so I feel like it works, orange and blue there. But for me, yeah, it's got to be uh, the, the jersey from Goon. I'm going to keep it nice and simple. Charlestown Chiefs slap shot. I mean, really, how many are better than that? Uh, they've been they've stood the test of time. You still see them out there. Too boring. I love it. It's a classic. The movie is a classic. And uh, I once went as a Charlestown Chief Hanson brother at Halloween, speaking of Halloween. So uh, I don't know. That's a classic that'll never fall out of flavor with me. Let's go to Tyler Remchuk for our daily face-off points bet daily bet segment. Tyler, how'd you do last night, bud? Uh, not good. October, crumple it up, throw it out. We are uh, we are done with October. Also, Frank, I'm with you on the Chiefs jerseys. Uh, that's actually what my beer league team wears. We got the home and aways for uh, for the Chiefs jerseys. They're always sharp. They're timeless. Uh, let's hope I can have a good November, though. Let's jump into it. I got three plays tonight, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada, starting with that matchup at the top. I love the Rangers in this one. And actually, I think the public's kind of agreeing with me because the line has been shifting more and more towards New York all morning. I managed to get them earlier today at plus 115. They're now plus 105 on the puck line. I think these are two teams trending in opposite directions. The Flyers have been outshot and outscored at five on five in two of their last three. The Rangers are the exact reverse of that. So I love taking the Rangers with Igor Shesterkin, who's 5-0-2 on the season, likely starting between the pipes. Rangers on the puck line is play number one. You guys talked about the Capitals earlier and their injury problems. While I'm maybe not too confident to back Vegas on the road, I do like taking Jack Eichel to pick up an assist. He came through for me last week with an apple. It's plus 140, which is a great payout. He's got six assists in 10 games. He's hit this in three of his last five. And something to keep an eye on, Eichel has three of his six assists this year on the power play. The Washington Capitals tied for ninth in times shorthanded this season. So I like the Golden Knights to get some looks with the man advantage. I like Eichel to pick up an apple. And I'll wrap it up with a quick shot prop for you. Ryan Nugent Hopkins over two and a half shots is paying plus 125. He has hit this in three in a row. He has also hit this, you know, it's only been four of nine for him this year. But in four of those games, he missed it by just one. He's now a winger, not a center. And that has caused an uptick in his shots on net. So I love taking Nuge over two and a half shots on goal at plus 120 is my final play of the night. Love a good quick and dirty shot prop as well. Way to throw that in there. That is our points bet daily bets segment. And that brings us to garbage time with our guy, Stephen Ellis. What's caught your eye? What's caught your attention from around the hockey world? Well, we saw Devin Dubnik officially retired from the NHL, and it's been two seasons since we saw him play last. But I think this is a great story of a guy that at – I remember watching him play at the Hamilton Bulldogs, and he was only there because the Canadians needed another body to kind of fill in as there were injuries in the system. And I remember watching him saying, this is the worst goalie the team has used all season long. And they had Dustin Dukarski, Robert Mayer, and Mike Condon. So not any superstar quality prospects at the time. But he went out there, played terribly – goes and plays in Arizona for a little bit, kind of starts to revive his career and goes to Minnesota. And instantly, he's one of the best goalies in the world. He's fighting for Vesna trophies. He was a consistent 35-win guy. He won 40 wins one year. 
This is a guy that basically saved his career from the brink. And maybe it's because he was a high draft pick when he was selected by Edmonton. And maybe that gave him some extra opportunities later in his career. But I feel like this is a guy that was near the absolute bottom you could be as a professional goalie uh, that's signed to an NHL deal. You go from being a starting goalie in Edmonton to you're in AHL and you're only really there because there's injuries there. And then he turns that into a almost a Vesna worthy season the next year. I think that's a really cool story. So he might not have been the best goalie during his career, but Devin Dubnik, he held on for a while. He made Minnesota a team to watch every single year and uh, a pretty solid career given uh, the circumstances. Yeah, I think we're all suckers for a good perseverance story. The 2015 Masterton Trophy winner as uh for awarded for sportsmen and sportsmanship and dedication and perseverance in the game. Devin Dubnik, certainly a worthy recipient of that. And I love to see his career in the game now continuing on the media side as he's done some TV work. So come on, come along to the dark side, Devin. We got plenty of room for you here on the media bus. So uh, well said by you. That'll do it for today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the NHL. We'll be back with you 12 noon Eastern on Wednesday. You know where to find us. Like and subscribe on YouTube if you enjoyed the show. And until then, have a great day, everyone. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. 
Now here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.